Welcome to the Gingsberg Podcast. After today's message, take a sec and download the Gingsberg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Gingsberg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step with your journey with Jesus. Good evening, good evening, church. Good evening. Thank you. This is the fifth worship service of the day, and we've saved the best for last. It's Christmas Eve, Kingsburg, and it doesn't get any better than this. This night could change your life. Do we have any kids with visions of sugar plums dancing in their head? <laughs> this is the night of nights. I'm Pastor Dennis. Good to see each and every one of you. Welcome, and welcome to those who are from out of town. In for the holidays. We're glad that you made this service part of your Christmas experience. It's been good to be with you already here in the last hour. Welcome to those worshiping online. As you're seeing me in the background, yes, I'm coming to you tonight from a Christmas tree farm. But we're here together. It's good to to be here in this place. I love Christmas. And I know you do too. What do you love about Christmas? Go ahead, real quickly, and whisper or say to your neighbor one thing you love about Christmas. Just go ahead. One thing that you love about Christmas. What do you love? Well, I love the music of Christmas. I I, I love the lights of Christmas. I love. The movies of Christmas. I love the food of Christmas. I love the cookies of Christmas. I love the cookies of Christmas. Did I say I love the cookies of Christmas? <laughs> Can you tell? I love giving gifts at Christmas. I recently read that the average American will spend eight hundred and twenty-six dollars on Christmas gifts this year. Fifteen million pounds of fruit cake will be purchased. Six pounds will be eaten. <laughs> I love to tell stories, the stories of Christmas, the stories of our childhood. How about you? Those special stories, perhaps, that are found in movies or cartoons or TV specials. And throughout the month of December here at church, we have been. Telling those stories in a series called "The Characters of Christmas," where we've been having a little bit of fun, but we've been using that as a springboard, as a doorway to tell the true story of Christmas, the story of Jesus, his birth in Bethlehem, and his message to the world. Tonight, we're going to continue on with that. As we tell the story of Jesus from Luke chapter two, verses eight to fourteen, but we're going to do it through a character of Christmas, one that many of you know well, the character of Charlie Brown. How many of you are familiar with Charlie Brown's Christmas special, the original in 1965? It's been shown year after year since then. The Producer, writer Charles Schultz, and the Peanut Gang teamed up with CBS and the Coca-Cola Company to produce a 30-minute animated special that's touched the hearts of many throughout the years. Now, what's the plot of the whole story? Charlie Brown 
he just can't do anything right. He's called a blockhead by his friends. He's wearing his sweater with the zigzags. He's depressed. And he's overwhelmed with the commercialization of Christmas. And so he is counseled to find purpose. And he is selected to be the director of the school Christmas play. He doesn't have a very hard task. All he has to do is put the shepherds in the right place and follow the script, get a little respect, he hopes. But he's also in charge of selecting the Christmas tree. And he goes out to the lot, all these beautiful trees. Which one would he select? Some of you know the story. He selects the most puny one of them all. And he's mocked and he's laughed at. Now, of course, there are There's a lot of wonderful music. We've heard some of it already tonight. Jazz, Christmas time is here is one of them. But through it all, he's just overcome. He's overwhelmed. He's teased. Why is everybody always picking on me? And then he comes to this point where he just cries out in frustration. Can someone tell me what Christmas is all about? And it's Linus who steps up and says, sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And he recites with boldness the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, word for word from the King James Bible, verses 8 through 14. The genius of Charles Schultz sharing the Gospel to millions. And so tonight, that's our scripture, the Christmas story from Luke's account, chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. And since we have this wonderful story, let's allow Linus to read our Bible passage tonight. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Amen. That's Linus preaching the gospel from Luke chapter 2. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. But the angel said this. This is verse 10. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which should be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The message to the shepherds 
was fear not. I love that part of Charlie Brown's Christmas special because it's at the moment that Linus reads those lines and recites those lines, fear not. Did you notice he did something? He dropped his security blanket, the blanket that gave him a sense of peace in the midst of fear. And at the end of the show, he takes the security blanket and he wraps it around the Christmas tree as they all hold hands and sing that great Charles Wesley carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Fear not. Fear not is the word for us tonight. We live in a world gripped with fear. When this show was released in 1965, the people of that era lived in a time of fear. What was happening in 1965 for those who are old enough to remember or for our younger historians in the room? The nation was still reeling from the loss of the, the horrific assassination of President Kennedy. By the time we reached 1965, wars and rumors of wars were spreading across Southeast Asia, and men and women were called to go to a place that many had never heard of at that point called Vietnam. The Vietnam War was escalating, and people were going off, and many not coming back. And it was also in 1965 65, that we had much turmoil right here in our nation. The great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was leading, speaking truth to power. And this was the time of the voting rights marches, the great march from Selma to Montgomery. And it was in 1965, just a few months before this special aired, that the nation experienced what was later to be termed as Bloody Sunday, the crossing of the Pettus Bridge. This country was ripped in two, violence across the land. And the message from Linus, the message from the New Testament, was a message of hope that spoke in the midst of chaos, be still, fear not. In the midst of it all, there's good news that God has come on the scene. Joseph and Mary also lived in a time of chaos, in a time of fear. They lived in a day in which their country had been invaded. There were foreign troops on their so soil and on their corners, for they were under the oppression of the Roman Empire. Rome had invaded their country, and under the grip of Caesar, they were being taxed to fuel the Roman war machine. On the local front, we have these two kids, and that's what they were. Mary was probably around 13 or 14 years old because Jewish girls got married right after puberty. Joseph would have been perhaps around 17 or 18. As I said last week, this was a high school senior or junior marrying a middle schooler. And they were called out of their hometown in the lower Galilee of Nazareth, just a small village, to go to Joseph's ancestral hometown south of Jerusalem, 80 miles. Now, this was a dangerous journey. It wasn't like they would just jump on I-75 and go up to Lima or, or Finley. 
This was an eight to 10 day journey. They probably traveled in a caravan for safety. They were going to a place they did not know to register for the census taking place. If we can trust the first century historian named Josephus, he writes at that time that there was great violence in Judea, that factions had broken out and people were fighting, much turmoil. And then we come to the king of the land. His name was Herod. He was a puppet king of Rome and he suffered from paranoia. He suffered from fear. In fact, we know this from history and archaeology that Herod built these great garrisons, these great fortresses to protect his empire. He was afraid that someone would come and take his power away. And so when he heard, the Bible says, of this king being born, he thought, well, it's not my son. I'm going to destroy him. And so Matthew tells us that he sent an order out that all Jewish males two years and younger be put to death. Can you imagine when that decree went out across the land, the fear that the people experienced from the threat of Herod and the threat of Rome? It was a time of great fear. Tonight in 2023, it's a time for many of great fear. I read this morning from the New York Times and then jumped over to the Washington Post, a report from Jesus followers living in Bethlehem, Palestine tonight that they've decided to cancel Christmas. With all the violence, with all the fighting, with all the killing, they decided to push pause tonight and to weep with those who are mourning. It was said that although Bethlehem on this night is full of pilgrims, full of worshipers in the church nativity, it's truly somewhat of a silent night. So we pray for the people of Bethlehem and the believers, the living stones there tonight. We pray for the Middle East. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem tonight. In the midst of the reality of life, Fear is all around. But also, this is a time of hope. This is a time of good news. Did you catch who first received the good news? The good news of great joy was not first given to the king, to the emperor. The angel's announcement didn't come to the politicians, to the powerful, to the elite, to the upper class. It did not come to the bankers and the accountants and those socially accepted. Instead, it came to the shepherds. The shepherds were the blue-collar workers. They were despised by many in Israel at the time. They were looked down upon. They were considered misfits. They were considered rejected. In fact, we know that because the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of that day, who held to a very strict interpretation of Jewish law, gave six unacceptable occupation for a faithful, devout Jew. One was a shepherd. Why? Because they were dirty, they worked with animals, but more importantly, they could not keep the strict Jewish dietary laws. 
that one must uphold. And so they were looked down upon. But it was to those people, to the outcast in some ways, or those living on the edges of the empire that God came. And to top it off, these were the night shift shepherds. The owners of the sheep probably were sleeping. These were the underlings. These were the minimum wage earners. But it was to them that God first came. And the good news of great joy is that God comes to even us. You might be thinking, you don't know me. I could never be used. Woe is me. You don't know my past. I'm not the poster child for Ginsburg Church. I could never be. Are you sure? God came to shepherds. And God can use you. Hope comes to us in unexpected places. And that's the good news that we have to even to us that God comes in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our anxiety, and dwells among us. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Literally, this means God rolled up his sleeve and moved into our neighborhood and not only moved in around us, but became one of us in the person of Jesus Christ. I'll never forget the year 2000, 23 years ago. I was a young pastor or a younger pastor. I was serving Park Avenue United Methodist Church on the west side of Hamilton, the county seat of Butler County, if you know Hamilton, just south of Oxford, Miami University. It was Christmas Eve. Weather was a little different that night. It was snowy. It was cold. About one o'clock in the afternoon, I said to my wife, Rachel, you know, I need to finish my Christmas shopping. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, I'm that guy. And so I thought, I could just buzz across the Great Miami River. I can get downtown. And I went to the Elder Beerman story. Anybody remember Elder Beerman? And I thought I'd just pop in. I was on a mission to get something and then I could just go home real quick. And as I was walking across this snowy parking lot, focused, there was a guy kind of dressed in rags. He was kind of coming towards me and he was trying to get my attention. <laughs> I could see him from the corner of my eye, but I was saying, Okay, how many steps to the door kind of a thing. I'm just, this is confessional here tonight, right? And he said, sir, sir, I've got a question for you. And I'm thinking he's wanting something. And I wasn't too much into the holiday cheer. But I stopped and I thought, you know, I, God's calling me. I need, to, I need to help this person. But he didn't ask for anything except for this. He said, what's your favorite Christmas carol? He startled me. I thought for a moment and I thought, of Phillips Brooks' great classic, A Little Town of Bethlehem. And before I knew it, he opened his mouth and in perfect pitch, he started to sing, O little town of Bethlehem, how still thee see thee lie. And then he got to that famous line written by Phillips Brooks in 1865. And he sang, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. And the two of us, as children of God, stood on that snowy day and we contemplated the fact that in the midst of the struggles of human life, 
that the hopes and fears of all of our lives are found in this Christ child tonight. I know why you're here. I know you're here for many different reasons tonight, but I know deep down why you're here. Because after attending 15 Christmas parties, after receiving 15 different gifts, after adding perhaps 15 pounds, after spending for some $1,500 on your credit card, you knew that this baby born in Bethlehem is worth more than just 15 seconds of your Christmas. You came looking for hope, and hope is found in Jesus. Hope can be found right here tonight if we're willing. And so we're going to sing a song that's an original Ginsburg song. It was written by our team behind here, written by Emily and by Chris on the keyboards and John online. It was put together by our band and others through a lot of prayer. It's been released worldwide. Some of you've heard it on Apple or Amazon, YouTube. But tonight, for the very first time on this day, we're sharing this song, Hope is Here, live. How about that? So let's do it and share it to the world. A light through the night Hallelujah Hope is found The gift of life Is all around A touch of heaven Messages of love, a snowflake unique, a story to be told, a reminder that God is still in control. Through the darkest night, He guides us along. He gives strength when everything seems wrong. In the winter's embrace, as the snowflakes fall, a metaphor for hope, embracing one and all.
feel all alone. The strength in the losses when peace can grow strong. There's hope in the heartache, a fresh start anew. That's when hope whispers softly, I'm forever with you. With Christ by your side, there's nothing to fear. Together we can conquer, for Christ is always here. question. Here's, here's the take home. Since hope is here, do you really think that we can wait for another Christmas to celebrate it? For Christmas, hope is not something we can just pack away with the other decorations. Christmas, hope is to be lived every single day. So I have three things for you. These are very, very quick. This is your homework. See, you didn't think I was going to let you go without having some homework now. Come on. And here it is. Number one, if, since hope is here, I want to encourage you to celebrate Christmas every day in 2024. When you put away your Christmas decorations, here's something very practical. Would you make the decision to leave one decoration out? Maybe just something small. Maybe it's a little special ornament or maybe it's a little nativity where you'll put it someplace where you can see it on your desk or at work or perhaps in your kitchen, just as a reminder when you see it daily that hope is here. For we need that hope, not just at this time, but we need that same hope in March and in July and October when we face a crisis, we know that we're not alone, fear not. 
hope is here. Number two, since hope is here, I challenge you this year, let's be bearers of hope. Let's put feet to the gospel. Let's take that hope into our county. Let's not give up. Let's remember we love Jesus, but we actually do something about it. One very practical way is that we pour ourselves back into our 501c3s, that we continue to invest in this Christmas miracle offering. We're going to leave it open for a few weeks where we can continue to give to New Path Outreach. Brandy, on the video, she's from Piqua. And so we're pouring out into people like her as we pray for her. This outreach goes to Clubhouse, where we have different locations in Troy and Piqua, Tip and Fort McKinley, where we're tutoring teens after school and raising up great leaders. And also for new creation counseling, people who can't afford counseling, that we pour ourselves into that. Let's be bearers of hope. And number three, and finally this, I want to encourage you to simply say tonight, yes to hope. I want to encourage you to make it personal, to say yes to the story, to say yes to the story that Linus read from Luke chapter 2, to say yes to Christmas, to say yes to Jesus. I invite you tonight to come to Jesus, for this can be the greatest night of your life. Let's pray. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you would like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Gingosburg app or online at gingosburg.org.